2: You are listening to the Next Best Series Podcast, and this is our preview of Game of Thrones Season 8. Next Best Series, where after a very long, almost two year wait, we are finally, finally, finally covering Game of Thrones season eight, the final season, very, very sad. You know, normally I've had Will Mavity uh, with me as kind of like the de facto person help cover Game of Thrones with me, but this year we have a lot of people from Next Best Picture that are going to be helping us out and one of them is joining us for this special preview predictions episode for the final season. We have J.C. Aldridge.
0: Hello, everybody. The Lord of Light is with us.
2: And as I said before, also, as always, Sir William Mavity of the Blackwater. Elia Martell, I killed her children
1: and then I smashed her head in like this. <laughs>
2: that work
0: (laughs) that was perfect
2: gods have made their will (laughs) known
1: in Lannister. You're hereby sentenced to die.
2: So as you all can tell, we are pretty big Game of Thrones fans here over at Next Best Picture. And as I said before, we've been waiting a very, very long time for this moment here. This is uh, honestly, for me personally, I just want to start off by saying this has been something that I've been looking forward to ever since season seven ended, actually. I just always love spending time in Westeros. And unfortunately, this is the final season to do so. Only six episodes this year. Uh, But some things to be excited about with these final six episodes. We have two of the MVP directors of the show returning, David Nutter, who famously directed The Red Wedding. He also directed uh, season five finale Mother's Mercy, where Jon Snow gets mutinied by the Night's Watch. He's directing episodes one, two and four. And then you have Miguel Sapochnik, who is returning to direct episodes three and five, and he is famous for directing Hard Home, Battle of the Bastards, The Winds of Winter, easily probably the biggest spectacle director the show has had yet. And David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the main storytellers on the show, the head uh, creatives, and honestly, the two people who drive everything that we love about this show, they are the ones that are directing the final episode for, in their words, if anyone is going to screw it up, it might as well be them and let the blame all fall on them. So six episodes, everyone. That's all we're getting this year to wrap up what has surely been one of the most epic stories of our lifetimes.
1: And let's mention that Benioff and Weiss directed two pretty solid episodes. They did the wonderful episode with the Hound and Arya in the Tavern, which is honestly my favorite series premiere.
2: Yeah, Two Swords, season Mm. four. And then uh, Walk of Punishment, uh, season three, episode three. That is famously the episode where Jamie gets his hand cut off at the end of the episode. And, of course, they have that really historical music cue. I love uh, that song. Bear and the bear and the maiden fair. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So much fun. I don't know if this season's going to be a lot of fun. I hope it is. I hope it's not all death and misery uh, throughout.
0: Oh, it's going to be so much fun.
2: Well, I hope there's moments of levity and the and the humor is still there. I don't know if I want it to be six straight episodes of just dour, bittersweet, depressing, oh my god, my favorite characters are dead moments, episode after episode. I don't
1: think it will be. They've yeah. been steadily adding in more and more humor, I feel like, since season six. Like, uh, you know, I think I think they got complaints for just how morose it was in season five. Because they've mentioned before that they made some changes to the script as a result of the reaction that season. And, like, starting from the first episode in season six, there were just a lot more gags. I imagine, especially with all these characters like the Hound and Bron in the same place, torment in the same place together... Uh, We're going to get lots and lots of comedy to kind of, you know,
0: the stakes are so much higher in this season versus seasons past. So, you know, I just I think that I agree, Will, like I think the the humor is going to kind of equal up and uh, match nicely to the stakes.
2: So uh, the reason why we decided to record this now, we have a little less than two weeks to go before the premiere of episode one of season eight. Uh, However, episode one of season eight is actually premiering this week in New York City. So I wanted to make sure that we got this recording done before some people have had the chance to see the first episode. Uh, I do understand there are spoilers on the internet, but I think, I hope No one here has actually read them, correct? No. Yeah, no, I I managed to avoid. I'm trying very, very hard this year to go in as blind as completely possible because I really genuinely don't want to know a single thing. Uh, If by accident, because, you know, this is a theory episode that we're doing here. So if we so happen to say something that turns out to be correct this season, know this. It's all it's all speculative and if we happen to be right we're sorry if you would consider that a spoiler but that's what we do here during the off season of game of thrones i mean will You and I, I think, talk about Game of Thrones at least once a week, every single week since Season 7 ended.
1: Pretty much. Something like that.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, we've had plenty of time to think about what's going to happen to our favorite characters, and now that's what we're going to do here today. What I want to first start off with, to kind of give this a little bit of structure, is I will go through the trailer that we've received so far. Uh, Supposedly, maybe even the only trailer that we might get for Season 8 of Game of Thrones, I thought we would have a second trailer by now with two weeks left, but it hasn't dropped.
1: I think they'll do one next Sunday just to really, you know, get the hype up. Be here next week.
2: I I hope so. You know, like I said, because of the premiere this week, I wanted to make sure that we got this out now. uh, But that's okay. I mean, I think with the information that we have provided so far, I think we could kind of infer quite a bit, and still and still have a couple of surprises left in store for us. So.
0: No death. He's got many faces. I look
2: forward to seeing this one.
1: Everything you did brought you where you are now, where you belong. They're coming Our enemy doesn't tire
0: Doesn't stop Doesn't feel
2: trailer opens up with Aria, muddy, bloody, breathing heavily, and she's clearly scared about something. And we see her running through uh, the tunnels trying to evade whatever it is that's chasing her. We don't exactly know what it is, although if you freeze framed and turned up your brightness, you could pretty much tell, at least I think, it's whites that are chasing her down the halls. The question is though, are these the halls of Winterfell?
1: Yeah, oh, I think man. I think pretty clearly they're the the Crips would be my guess.
2: See, all I was thinking it was might be actually the tunnels underneath Winterfell, maybe. You know, like like you said, the Crips, right, Will? So it could very well be underground. Because um, I don't remember, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't remember seeing sources of light come through the windows or not. No, it looked incredibly dark in those all those shots. Yeah,
0: I mean, is there is there a possibility though that this that it's not even actually the Crips? Or the tunnels so and that it's like a dream or a vision or something. Oh, I don't, think, I don't know I don't about
1: think that. I would have a vision. I, I, especially not with how little time they have. Unless Bran's having them, I don't think they would do like
2: nightmare yeah. scenarios. What, one idea that I uh, saw floating around on the internet, and I kind of like this a little bit, is I like the idea that that huge gash on her head resulted in her maybe being knocked out. Because there's going to be a huge battle at Winterfell. That's supposedly happening in episode three, the Miguel Sapochnik episode. And it's between the living and the dead. So you have all these characters that are going to be at Winterfell fighting together. It's going to be a huge, huge juggling uh, feat from Miguel to try and edit and balance all these characters' storylines and what they're all going through throughout this battle. So one way that I feel like they could take care of Arya a little bit is have her get, like, hit over the head. She gets knocked out somehow, some way. And then she's taken out of the battle for a little bit. When she awakes, the castle could be overrun. Mm. And that's why she's running.
1: Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. Kind of do the old Tyrion season one thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, I don't know why she's so frightened, especially because she has this voiceover in the trailer where she talks about death and how she can't wait uh, to see the face of, I presume she's talking about the Night King. So she's pretty much talking the big talk, but then when we see the fighting, uh, it doesn't look like it's going that way. <laughs> no, the, there, there is a big
1: theory as to why else she's scared. You know, people have theorized that if those are the crypts of Winterfell, that the deceased Starks down there have come to life. I mean they mentioned I was re-watching season seven. They mentioned on multiple occasions last season that Ned and um my mind's going blank.
2: Rob, Catelyn, mm-hmm. no, um uh, uh Rickon yeah, Rickon. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Ned and Rick and are both Rickon are both down there and um Ned's sister's down there. There's, you know, I'm sure maybe like Maester Lewin, other people. So if she saw her you know, headless father or her dead, rotting corpse brother come to life. That would scare anyone, including Arya. You know, I think that's the big theory.
2: So another shot that we see in the trailer then is in those crypts, those same crypts, we see Varys down there with the women and children, uh, along with Gilly and baby Sam. And I have two things I want to point out about this shot in particular here, and that is, it's very reminiscent of the Battle of Helm's Deep, right? Where the women and children are in the caves while, you know, the men are outside uh, fighting to save all of their lives. And I, I like that because I, we've heard countless times this battle get compared to Helm's Deep in many ways, and that it's actually supposed to be even bigger than what they did in Lord of the Rings, which is just. I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around that. (laughs) Yeah. That would be wild. But you imagine some of the stuff that happened in season seven, like the loot train attack, the Ice Lake battle. Those were pretty epic in scale and scope. And if they're trying to top that in season eight, oh my Lord.
0: I mean, they have the money for it.
2: Absolutely. HBO has spared no expense this final season. It's pretty much written them a check for whatever they wanted to complete this show. Uh, Another thing that I thought about and this isn't shown in the trailer but it's just a thought do we think that sam is down there protecting them with a sword
0: um because
2: he would want to stay close to gilly and the baby right
1: he would but as we saw in battle not battle the bastards watchers on the wall i mean he feels obligated to get up there and fight if he thinks he's put them somewhere safely i think And I also think Benioff and Weiss just like that character and like giving him moments to be heroic. I suspect he's out on the battlefield. Maybe, you know, maybe he's figured out something with dragonglass that, you know, he needs to be directly involved with. I I think his knowledge will be too useful just to stick him down there in the crypts.
2: Yeah, he's one of the few characters that we actually don't see in the trailer. Mm. You know, they've definitely played up a couple of times that... Sam and Bran might, you know, cumulatively be able to come up with a way to defeat the Night King. Because uh, JC and Will, mm-hmm. do you both agree with me that killing the Night King is not as easy as stabbing him with Dragonglass or Valyrian steel? It's gotta be something a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely-,
0: definitely. Well this that brings in that brings up the whole Azora High theories. Which like are half of my theories, but we can <laughs> get into those later. <laughs> oh, we will, we
2: will for sure. So you know you have Varys down in the crypts, but someone who's not a fighter uh, that's not down in the crypts is Davos. He's actually on the battlements, and I suspect he's doing very much what he did at Blackwater, where he was commanding uh, the archers. Oh, same thing at Battle of the Bastards too. So I suspect he'll be the one commanding uh, the archers along the battlements of Winterfell. Then, yeah, I mean he'll, he'll I can't be-
0: think of. Well, where
2: would Jorah be? Uh, Jorah, there's another shot here uh, at, at a certain point in the trailer. is on a horse with Heartsbane, uh, Sam's Sam's uh, family sword that he took from his uh, father, um, uh, Randall Tarley. So I suspect that so- uh, Jorah and Sam will have a moment together, uh, reuniting after season seven. All right. And something tells me Sam will present the sword to Jorah maybe in a sort of like – you'll...
0: You'll make more of this? Yeah, than that I, I would. would. Exactly.
2: hmm Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, we see Jorah on a horse, actually, uh, in front of the Dothraki. So, is gonna be on the front lines, leading the charge. Which kind of makes sense, right? In terms of, like, yeah. Jorah's storyline, starting with the Dothraki in season one, right?
0: You know, that's an interesting point you bring up about season one, because I don't know if... Y- you might bring this up later, but Maisie Williams said to you know keep a lookout for parallels from the first season to this season.
2: Oh, totally, I agree so, with that. Mm-hmm.
0: That's true.
2: Yeah, I think that especially in terms of Robert's arrival at Winterfell, I think there's going to be a lot of ties when Daenerys arrives at Winterfell.
0: Yes. Did you Did you notice the Winterfell is yours thing? Uh.
2: In, well, in what way?
0: So in the trailer. She, when Daenerys arrives at Winterfell, Sansa says to Daenerys, "Winterfell is yours." Mm-hmm. And Ned says to Robert Baratheon, "Winterfell is yours."
2: Your Grace, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, good call. That's right. So there, there, are parallels with that. There's another shot in the trailer of a boy on looking the Unsullied, led by Jon and Danny, arriving in Winterfell, mm-hmm. and that very much resembles Bran watching as uh, King Robert and the Lannisters all came to Winterfell. So, yeah, no, there's going to definitely be a lot of visual cues. Uh, maybe some lines of dialogue, too. I mean, uh, Will, we're, we're going to see Jamie and Jon have a dialogue scene together, probably, going back to uh, their brief exchange in the first season. Mm. Uh, maybe even Tyrion and Jon, in terms of the, di- the famous lines of dialogue about... All bastards are. I'm uh, oh, sorry. All yeah. Oh yeah. All they dwarves are bastards that. in their father's eyes. Or um, what is that? What is that other line he has that's very popular? Uh, wear it like armor, and it can never be used to hurt you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I. You know, like we saw last season, they were loving the dialogue throwbacks. Like even to including, I didn't notice. Uh, this is just a fun one they mentioned. You know, King Robert had talked about. I never tell you how they shit themselves in battle. And he's talking about a Tarly boy who died. And then later, uh, Bronn is talking to Dick and Tarly <laughs> and goes, what, they don't tell you that they shit themselves and they die in fancy lad school? Yeah. To yeah, so I mean, that's <laughs> such a weak Oh,
0: that's crazy. Touch. Yeah.
2: Another thing, too, is that there's uh, two There's two shots in the trailer that are made to look like the same shot, but they're clearly not. Uh, we do see the Greyjoy uh, ship fleet. Uh, it's three ships in in the establishing shot. So we see a shot of Euron's ship to Silence uh, from the inside, and we see the back of what we presume is Harry Strickland, the leader of the Golden Company, uh, which Euron was obviously sent to go get by Cersei at the end of season seven. So, these two shots are definitely not the same thing because in the shot of the Golden Company, you can see in the background there are clearly more ships than just the three. So, I suspect the three that we see in the establishing shot are actually the ships that Dion is going to take to rescue Yara at the Iron Islands. So, do we think that that just gets resolved by episode, like, say, two?
0: Mm. It's gotta, I mean, that was one storyline that I, that came out in season seven, the Yara and Greyjoy situation that just, I don't feel like it holds enough clout to take more than one or two episodes of time. If, if two. Mm.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it depends on whether it's, I don't know. It could go either way. This could be how, ultimately, Euron is defeated as a whole. And if that's the case, then Theon rescuing his sister could take a long time, because that is ultimately who kills a climatic big bad of the show. Um, alternatively, it could be like the Grayscale subplot where, you know, they're like, ah really know what to do with this. Let's just wrap it up and then bring Theon back. So I don't know. It, it it could go either way. It depends on if it's something George intended from the start or not.
2: Well, one thing that I've been thinking about uh, quite a lot, actually, is I think we all suspect that episode three and five, both directed by Miguel Sapochnik, will be battle episodes with a lot of action. However, one thing that I noticed upon my latest rewatch of Game of Thrones is that almost every single episode, I'm pretty sure it's literally every single episode, either has a set piece of some kind involving action or a moment of like gore, like a like a like an execution beheading or something along those lines. You know what I mean? So there's no way that just episode three and five can be the action episodes of the season. So I do believe that in episode one, maybe maybe two, uh, we'll get this Theon rescuing Yara. But he, but Euron won't be there because Euron is sailing with the Golden Company back to King's Landing. So it could very much be like a stealth mission, kind of like when Yara did try to rescue Theon uh, back in season four.
0: Hmm.
2: I
1: guess, yeah. What's the point, though, of having her get captured in the first place?
2: Uh, well, Well, I like the idea that it's a moment between those two characters. It doesn't have to be Theon and Yara defeating Euron. It could be a moment of... Dion really coming full circle and his sister, maybe in disbelief that he actually came, but it actually, you know, turns into a very touching moment between the two where we finally see the full circle of Dion's arc, which then obviously makes it very easy to then kill him later on, possibly, because there's nothing else left for him to do other than to help Yara Yara kill Euron. Right. But like their storyline of trust and her. Him finally earning a bit of her respect and, and instead of pity, uh, you know, could really come, come forward there, I think. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it, you know, maybe it doesn't happen in the first two episodes. Maybe they do find a way to drag it out somehow.
0: Uh, <laughs> that would be annoying.
2: I want to go back to The Golden Company for a second here because I have a feeling Harry Strickland, who is this season's quote-unquote new character, kind of like how we've had... Uh, Jim Broadbent in season seven. We had Max von Sydow in uh, season six. So Harry Strickland's a character that's only going to probably be in, what, three episodes maybe, Will? Two?
1: Well, it depends on how much the Golden Company is going to factor into everything ultimately. I mean, if, if they're part of the final battle, which I think all of us assume the final conflict is going to be against Cersei. Elephants. after
2: Elephants. Don't forget, she said they have elephants. (laughs) Do you think we're going to get elephants? They would not have thrown that line of dialogue in there, which says elephants, I believe. There's no way they just did that, and they're not going to deliver.
0: We are getting elephants. I mean, I think
1: that's probably,
0: that battle is probably
1: five, Ice
0: king elephants.
1: Ooh, Jesus. Uh I mean, I think the battle against Cersei's forces is probably five, right? I I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think he's going to be sticking around for...
0: Wait, so are y'all thinking that that Cersei's battle is going to be before or after the final battle with the Night King. After
2: the battle with the Night King. Yeah, so uh, let me let me uh do this. We're gonna, we're going to go back to shot, shot shot by shot with the trailer in a second, but let me just tell you guys really quickly how I see this all kind of playing out. Episode 1 touch base episode, right? Danny arrives in Winterfell, we touch base with all the main characters, we see what's going on, we get these reunions, first time meetups, the northern lords grumbling over Daenerys coming into that, you know, their castle and so on and so forth, their lands in the north. And episode 2, we have more of the conflict from the first episode play out, especially in regards to Jon's parentage and the truth being right. revealed to him. And by episode three, when he leads um, everybody against the army of the dead in the battle at Winterfell, I think John will have fully embraced his destiny and who he is in that episode. And it will kind of rouse us into believing that they're going to win. But because we know we're only halfway through the season, there's still three more episodes left. They have to lose. Uh. They have to lose. I believe full heartedly there's no way that in episode three they will deal with the army of the dead threat that easily. I I just don't believe it. So I then believe episode four will be the fallout of the battle and them regrouping, retreating, uh, either heading to Dragonstone or to King's Landing, maybe both. Uh, Definitely King's Landing by episode five, because once again, that's a Miguel Sapochnik directed episode. It's the penultimate episode. And we all know shit always goes down in the second to last episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. So I do believe they'll get to King's Landing. Cersei, you know, will obviously not let them into the city. The Night King and his army will be behind them. Euron and the uh, Golden Company will swoop in as well. And it all will look like it's lost for our heroes as they're being Closed in, and the army of dead will just be killing everyone. They won't, they won't like you know, differentiate friend from foe with uh, the allegiances on the human side. You know, they'll just be killing everybody, right? But then I do believe that, um, that's where Melisandra, who in season seven told Varys that she was going to uh, Essos. I think she said she was going to Volantis, will yeah, yeah, she's going to Volantis. We don't know exactly what, uh, but I do believe that she'll play a very key role in uh turning the tide in that battle
1: Well, she's got to bring a force of some source uh you know literally every battle has ended with surprise someone's here to save the day so i mean it's it's just a matter of who is she gonna bring
2: yeah and mm-hmm. i've heard a lot of people say that she could bring over the um uh they haven't been introduced in the show yet but the black Fo- oh my god shit i forgot the name of them now uh well
0: what about i mean there's the red priests that
2: yeah but they need an army maybe they have one
0: yeah The Lord of
2: Light has many followers. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a little far-fetched, but it's totally possible. And then season six is, uh, I'm sorry, uh, episode six is the fallout of that battle and everything. Exactly. I I expect we're going to have a time jump for an epilogue. That could be maybe the final 20 minutes or so.
0: Okay. But like my biggest questions for season eight that I, which I feel like, I care way more about than, like, any other person, apparently, because, like, I don't hear nearly enough about these things than I do all of the battles. I want to know, is Daenerys pregnant? Who's going to die, Jon or Danny? Because they're both not living. All they're right. not.
2: I-, I think that Will and I are both in agreement that Daenerys is 100% going to get pregnant. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, yes. they they
1: had Jon Snow being like, "Oh, you, just because some old witch told you," you know, like that. That's like, okay, yeah, that dude's about to like slip one past the goalpost. Have you ever
2: considered she was not a re- yeah. reliable yeah. source of information. Yes, <laughs>
0: they're both Targaryens, and Targaryens like bred with Targaryens, so maybe mm-hmm. they keep just it all like, within the family. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I agree. She's getting pregnant. That's that. The other question I had is like oh long, of- Out of when the when season seven first ended, everybody was like, Oh, once Danny finds out about John's parentage, there's gonna be shit's gonna hit the fan, their whole relationship is gonna fall apart. I think that's gonna I don't think that will necessarily happen as much as the community, if the community finds out about John's parentage. Like that's to me, that stuff is like Wrecking my brain.
2: I yeah I, I agree I agree with that because the northern lords are going to be skeptical of Daenerys to begin with. Uh, we all know, and this is the thing I'm least looking forward to in the final season. We all know they're going to try somehow to continue this contentious relationship between John and Sansa for control of the North, and Daenerys is going to be like the little thing that further pushes that conflict. It's going to be annoying, but we got to just get through it, (laughs) you know, because I think in the end, it's all going to turn out okay. Uh, One of the things I can say with absolute certainty is that Sansa is 1000% surviving the series. I am so convinced of this.
0: I feel like that's so funny you say that because everyone I talk to is either like 1000% Sansa is surviving or 1000% she is not surviving. I have not met anyone who's middle of the road on this topic.
1: Mm. I think the showrunners really like her. Yes. Just as a character and mm-hmm. like more than they like Arya. And I, I honestly think both stand a very good chance of surviving. But if it has to be one of the two Stark girls, I think it's Sansa who lives.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I would agree with that. I think Arya is going to die.
2: Which leads to, uh, to answer your other question there, uh, JC, I am pretty firm in the belief that both John and Danny do not survive. Really? They I think they
0: both make it. Survive? I only think one of them make it, but I can't decide which one.
1: I think they're, they're hurtling towards a happy ending. I think that's what they
2: No, because here's the problem. Uh, the cast members have said time and time again in the interviews leading up to this final season, that the ending is right for the story but you won't see it coming. Hmm.
0: Okay, but see here, this is like, this was one of my biggest theories when I first finished that. So like looking back, this is the girl in me, looking back at Game of Thrones, obviously love just does not end well on Game of Thrones at all. Okay, so you have Viper and Alaria that didn't last. You have Robin Talisa, that didn't last. Ned and Catelyn, no. Rinley and Loras, No. Leanna and Rhaegar, no. Oh, crap, but they're both, all of those are dead. There's no one.
2: Sam and Gilly. Mm -hmm.
0: Sam and Gilly. To be honest,
2: uh, to be honest, I kind of have this idea that if the show wanted to get super dark on us, Sam has said in dialogue before that he would rather face a thousand white walkers than fail Sam and Gilly and see them, you know, die because of him. I'm just saying. This
0: is yeah. I just I don't know, man. I, I if if both John and Danny survive, I would be really shocked. That would yep. be crazy.
1: If they had done anything about the Azora High uh, prophecy, which they haven't really, then I would predict that. So, for those who don't follow the books, the prophecy is that. Um, the one who's going to defeat the White Walkers would have to plunge his sword through the heart of his great love to transform it into Lightbringer, which is a sword that could defeat the evil. And, you know, if if that is Jon Snow, who's the great hero, then the idea would be that, oh, he has to stab his great love, who'd be Danny. We can't see the Jon Snow that we know doing that. So I always thought, okay, well, what if... Viserion uh, defeats Drogon, and Danny and Drogon fall, and she's trapped under her uh, dragon and grievously injured, kind of like Theoden in Return of the King. And then Jon Snow has to mercy kill her, and that is what completes Mm. the prophecy. And transforms his sword into Lightbringer. I'd like that.
0: Or, but what if Danny is Azora High?
2: So, so actually, it's very interesting because the show has played around with the idea that John is Azora High because Melisandra has pretty much said as much, but we've seen that Melisandra has been wrong before about Stannis. Danny. They pretty much said in season seven straight up that Azor High has – Could be a woman. Yeah, has no gender. So it could be a woman. Mm-hmm. I believe this is misdirection completely for both of them. I think the Do show think wants – I I think, yes. I Listen, I honestly think that Azor High, – I've heard arguments for Jaime Lannister, but I am starting to believe that it is the Hound.
0: What? Okay, but the Hound is supposed to match off in Clagane Bowl, all right?
1: Well, that could be part of it, you know? Like, I don't think it's the sole purpose. They keep saying, like, the Lord of Life has all these these plans for him. And if you think about it, he's had one of the most dramatic arcs in the series. And they still have it going, like that scene with him atoning for his actions in season – or episode one of season seven – you know, when he revisits the family who he robbed. I mean, they I can't really think of anyone other than Theon and Jamie, who's changed more dramatically since season one. They've spent a lot of time on his arc if he's
2: if it's all just building towards the Clagane Bowl. And Beric Dondarian needs a new priest.
1: Mm.
2: What if Beric Dondarian falls? And just like Doros of Mir, who didn't really believe in the Lord of Light, was just a drunken fool. What if the Hound just has this sudden thing of my friend has fallen and he says the words and Barrack rises again.
1: <laughs> down doesn't oh, exactly like Derek too much. I wouldn't say those two were besties.
2: Well there's still a little bit of time possibly to develop yeah. that. maybe. I'm just saying right It's possible.
0: Yeah
2: uh, but yeah, I am getting away from the idea that Azura High is John or Danny only because I do believe that the show is going to try to surprise us by going some unexpected routes with the storyline. I hope Mm -hmm. so. And if it is John or Danny, listen, here's my other thing I wanted to say about the final season because everyone's been asking me, what do you want to happen, right? And I don't have an exact answer for that because my belief is if you have a very concrete idea in your head of what you want to happen, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. I think the better way to go into this final season with the storyline is to just simply ask yourself as it's playing out... Does it make sense and do you feel something from it?
0: Does it feel authentic?
2: Like, yeah, if you feel the emotion, the enormity, the scale, if you start welling up with emotion inside of you, even from a rousing moment, a sad moment, a frightening moment, whatever it might be, then it works. Mm-hmm. It just works then. Doesn't matter what it is. It just works. But if you're left there you know, saying to yourself, oh, that doesn't make sense. Uh, no, that, that character wouldn't do that. No then then they failed.
0: Right. Well, and I think there's a difference between making you feel something and and getting you to that point of emotion versus exploiting that mm-hmm. and just ruining everything and every part of the people that you love about the show.
2: Which leads me to something that uh, I got I got to bring this up because I've I every single time I rewatch season 7, I think about this so much. There's a shot in the trailer. I'm going to tie this back to the trailer again. Yes. Uh, There's a shot in the trailer of, and it's the only shot of Peter Dinklage, Tyrion Lannister, and he's looking up, Mm. all right, in the shot in the trailer. Notice the background in that shot. It's not snow. It's not grass. It looks like gravel of some sort. It very much looks like it could be King's Landing, and maybe Tyrion is looking up at the battlements, uh, possibly at Cersei or whatever it might be. So this leads me to believe that Tyrion is making it probably towards the end of the season. Naturally, of course, right? However, I do believe Tyrion Lannister is going to die in the final season. The internet is ripe with
1: theories about that.
2: Well, and, and like I said, my my basis for this is season seven. Because... There are a couple of key things that happen with his character in that season and his relationship with Daenerys that just has me, oh, it's got me angry, but at the same time it makes a lot of sense. We see Tyrion questioning how Daenerys handles um, certain situations where she, like, burns the Tarleys, for example. Uh, he didn't necessarily like how she handled that. We have a dialogue scene between him and Varys where Varys tells Tyrion, "You got to make her listen," and. Tyrion kind of views himself as, like, someone who checks in her worst impulses. And while he does believe in her and her vision for the future, he knows that she's not perfect. And she needs him, ultimately. So when we get to that scene in episode six, Beyond the Wall, where they have this very long dialogue exchange about the line of succession and what happens if Daenerys Mm -hmm. were to die. And the fact that she cannot have children— What then happens in the final episode of Season 7? He has a meeting with Cersei, who is bearing a child. And right when he finds out that she is pregnant, the scene ends. Cuts away, yeah. And then she unexplicably comes out from that meeting and pretty much does a 180 and tells everyone, I will fight alongside you. So whatever he said after that scene cut off, it worked. And then, to add more, (laughs) when Daenerys and Jon hook up, We have that shot of Tyrion in the hallway that suggests, oh, no, this is not what I want to have happen. This is not good. Why? Uh Because I believe Tyrion promised Cersei that when this war is over, Daenerys cannot have children. I will make sure that your child sits on the Iron Throne after her, and that will also ensure our family's legacy. Mm -hmm. That makes sense.
0: That is very fleshed out. That's a good theory. And,
2: and and you know what? The child is innocent of anything that Cersei has ever done. And he will view it as a very logical thing to do. Mm-hmm. And there's all this talk about Daenerys telling Tyrion constantly, you know, yeah, betray like you don't want to betray your family. You know, perhaps you don't want to hurt them after all. And he tells her you have to take your enemy's side if you're going to see things from their perspective. I am taking my family's side. And He tells Cersei, I've never, ever wanted to see our family destroyed. So all this plays very much into the love-hate relationship that Tyrion has with the Lannister name.
0: So are you saying then that he convinced, so your theory is that he convinced Cersei to let Daenerys become the queen of Westeros? No, no.
2: I I do believe that Tyrion basically says like, pretty much, I I, kind of believe he says something to the effect of, "I, I can't. I can't save you from whatever she is going to do to you or whatever happens to you. But what I can do is I can ensure that your child mm, survives. Okay. Gotcha. And I do believe that obviously this is going to blow back in his face due to two reasons. One, Cersei obviously lied. We know this because she tells Jamie as such. Mm-hmm. And Jamie's going to arrive at Winterfell and he's going to tell them all that Cersei plans to betray him because he knows too.
0: Yeah.
2: So... <laughs> This is all going to be a huge, huge problem for Tyrion, because what did Daenerys say to Varys if she were to ever betray him in Season 7, Episode 2? I will burn you alive. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you this question, Will. How poetic would it be if Tyrion did get caught in a bit of treason? And unlike last time where he was put on trial and Varys did not vouch for him, how, how poetic would it be if Varys this time actually did stick his neck out for him and that is what resulted in Varys' end on the show too because Melisandre has told Varys straight up in season seven, I have to die in the same country, same as you do.
1: I yeah. think it's unlikely that'll happen. I think Varys is going to die in the battle. That shot of him with Gillian Small Sam, man, I just, I totally think he's going to sacrifice himself in the crypts. I, I think that.
2: But he's not a hero though. Yeah, I, yeah but he's- When you look a at me, do you, you see one. a hero? He says that to Ned Stark in season one.
1: I know, but sometimes people do things that aren't entirely consistent with their background in the show. I mean, like, I could... Uh, you know, man, he I,
0: also He also said that he is looking out for Westeros. Like, that, I mean, that was his whole... That was his whole purpose of his little birds and everything, is that he's looking out for the betterment of the people. So maybe... By sacrificing himself, he truly does think that that is the last resort.
2: I also believe, too, that if Daenerys is going to burn Varys alive, I have this weird cinematic feeling that right as Varys is about to be burned or is burning, we may get the reveal of what the Lord of Light said to Varys when his parts were being burnt as he's now burning for the final time. Just throwing that out there.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Tim Costa.
2: I'm Hermano da Silva. And this is Walter Vinci.
1: And together, we are the First Time Watchers podcast. Each week, we choose a movie to review that none of us has seen. Watch it together. And then discuss. These movies could be new. Or old. Or on our list of shame. You can find us on iTunes by searching for the First Time Watchers podcast. As well as on Stitcher. And we love interacting with our listeners. So if you have any suggestions, send us a tweet. An email. Or post to our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. I mean, it's all about interaction. And talk about what we love. Movies. And you don't have to worry about us going on and on about this and that and the other. And oh no, no, look, no, no, let's no. Stop, talk stop, about stop, this. Stop. Shut, new up, shut here. up, shut up, shut up, shut, shut up. Shut up. God watch. damn it, shut I up! I think that's enough oh all go time. Oh you
0: know, know who's
2: a character, character that does not look out for the people and only looks for himself? Sir Braun of the Blackwater. <laughs>
0: I love that guy, man.
2: I have to know. <sighs> JC, what do you think's gonna happen to Braun?
0: I think Braun's making it through this.
2: He's gonna get he's gonna get his castle?
0: Oh yeah. I think I think that he is he's one of those characters where like he's gonna show up in the epilogue. Maybe he'll disappear. Maybe we won't actually see him die, but he but we'll think he's dead, but then in the epilogue we just see him in his own little stupid castle.
2: Uh, well, what do you think is gonna happen to Braun?
1: I think Braun's gonna die. I mean, I, I think I know the one I think who's gonna just survive to the bitter end is Torment, but I think most of the comic relief characters are probably gonna buy the farm. And you know, I, I know Matt, you've said before, time and time again, that you think Braun is going to kill Viserion just because he shot at Drogon, but. I mean, I think they can't
2: resist having dragon on dragon action oh no they're gonna have that for sure um I think drogon's going down
0: oh I will that will be I agree I don't think we're gonna have any dragons left at the end of the show yes
2: I that's how I feel I I think that they need to uh, live in a world where nobody has these quote unquote like weapons of mass destruction <laughs> essentially you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And if Daenerys doesn't make it, then it makes no sense for the dragons to make it either.
0: True. But it would make sense if Dany does make it and she has a child, it would also make sense for her to not have dragons anymore because those were her children, but now she has an actual child.
2: And let's remember too, we did see uh, an undead polar bear in season seven go down from a dragon glass dagger used by Jorah Mormont. If they happen to have... Kybern Scorpion and they have a dragon glass spear? Maybe. I don't think braun is that important. Well, well, here's 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 how here's here's my only I have only two ways this can go. I only have two ways. One is he kills the dragon and the castle that he does get at the end in the epilogue, you find out that he gets Castley Rock because the Lannisters are all ah. gone. And wouldn't that be fitting because he took care of the two brothers for House Lannister? Yeah. The other way it can go is the character who has never cared about anyone other than himself gives his own life out of pure selflessness for someone else. And that would either be Tyrion or Jaime.
1: Yeah, I think that is more likely. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, one one is clearly the happy ending that, you know, I'm sure from a fan service standpoint, everyone would like to see happen. The other one is more fitting with the tone of Game of Thrones. And to be fair, I really do think either one could happen.
1: Mm-hmm. And as far as Braun, Part of the other reason is, I mean, we don't know how closely they're adhering to Martin's ending. But I suspect, among other things, whoever kills the dragon is probably something that Martin or how the dragon dies is probably something that Martin told them. And Bronn in the books clearly is not on anywhere near the same trajectory they've had him on the show. He's not Jamie Lannister's BFF. I mean, he, uh, I think they, they've made him much more important in the show, I think, because they know people like that character. I, I don't mm-hmm. think Martin ever intended him to be a big part of the narrative. So unless they just go totally off in their own direction, I don't see it happening.
2: Well, one of the things that the living has on their side, other than the Dothraki, the Unsullied, all the dragonglass being made by Gendry, two dragons, you know, I have to say after a little while, I started to believe that the living actually looked like the better side in this case. Like I started to wonder if after a while, if the army of the dead even looked like a credible threat anymore. But then I remembered they have the largest army, and the army of the dead's whole thing is that they overwhelm you, because they don't get tired. Mm And
1: you can just bring
2: them
0: back.
1: Right. Literally. Unless you burn them. Every time you stab them, they'll just come right back. Exactly. And
0: everyone that you kill becomes a White Walker. So everyone that the White Walkers kill just becomes another one.
2: Exactly. So it's a numbers game, really, is what it comes down to. Uh, But the living has Bran, and I think we all are in agreement that everyone thinks this whole thing is about John and the Night King, but really the secret is Bran. Of course.
0: Okay. Do y'all think that Bran is the Night King?
2: No, no, no,
0: no. not at all. Okay. He's all little, right. Good.
1: It, you know, he uh, the Night King was so eager to kill the first three-eyed Raven and. I'm sure he was like, God damn it, when he realized that he had just transferred his consciousness to Bran. I mean.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God damn it. I was so close. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is 100%. Where
0: does it end?
2: Well, so here's the weird thing I have about that. If the Night King. uh, So I'm a little confused about something here, and that is. The Night King wanted to kill the Three-Eyed Raven, presumably because the Three-Eyed Raven has the ability to destroy the Night King. Like I said before, you can't kill the Night King by traditional methods. There's going to have to be some sort of mindfuckery thing that Bran does to make it happen, right? So if the Three-Eyed Raven has the ability to do that, one thing that I don't think will ever get answered but it makes me question is why couldn't Max von Sydow just deal with the Night King himself then? Either in person when he actually came to his lair or any other time before that, unless if my theory holds true, and that is that (laughs) in some sort of weird time loop paradox, sort of a -a thingamabobber, Max von Sydow is old Bran, and there's like a loop in, like, this whole time thing.
1: Oh, or it might just be that Max von Sydow was old and knew that, you know, whatever he had to do to defeat him might require him to get up close and personal with the Night King, mm-hmm. and the Night King would do exactly what he did when they got up close and personal, which is stab him. Totally, totally credible.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Do
2: you, do you believe, Will, that there will be some sort of a time travel element used to defeat the Night King? Oh! Uh- i I honestly not sure on that. i think I think we might
1: risk overthinking what's gonna happen like we did last season
2: now before, when I said, um in regards to lack of uh, action set pieces potentially because there's only like two episodes it looks like where there could be, do we believe that we could see a flashback to the Battle of the Trident through Brand's eyes? Uh,
1: potentially. I mean, that would also... They would probably feel like that was wasting their budget a little bit, though.
2: It's totally possible. <laughs> it's also possible that this news is authentic. Now, I'm sorry. I'm quoting uh, Jim Broadbent now <laughs> from Season 7. Um, in any event, I do believe that there will be some sort of a time travel element played into whether it's defeating the Night King or maybe just to, for expositional reasons. I mean, because honestly, you could use the time travel stuff to explain Azor high. yeah. And they don't even need time to do that. They could do that literally in one or two scenes and that's it. And that's all we need, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. So even though the show hasn't really done the best job of setting that up, they could just do it all right then and there and be done with it. And it's like, oh, we now have the Azora High theory confirmed. Someone's going to be it. Okay. Who is it going to be? So regardless of which, Brand's going to play a huge, huge role in this uh, final season in ways that I'm not even sure um, maybe our minds can possibly comprehend. Something tells me it's going to be very complex. It might be uh, something that where the show really does jump the shark.
1: I would love well, that. No, we don't want it to jump the shark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think Jason just wants it to be like full-blown, just make this shit weird, yo. all <laughs> Blow my mind. I
0: want to be tripped up, yo. <laughs> Matt,
2: we had so
1: many just like bat shit insane predictions week by week last week and before the season. And it, it things ended up being a lot simpler and exactly what they seemed. Than we thought, so I, I think we need to be careful because the more complex you make this, it may not be that complex.
2: I, I hear you. I do. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. No, no, no. Because once again, like I said, oh. even if it's not as that, if, even if it's not that complex, um, I don't care what they do as long as it makes sense and I feel something. That's it. Mm. Um, Brienne has said, or Gwendolyn Christie has said in interviews that Brienne is going to have more to do this season than before. And supposedly that does not just mean her fighting, which we see her do in the trailer on the battlements at Winterfell. So my question is, beyond the battle of Winterfell, what else would Brienne have to do this season? She and Tormund bang. (laughs) 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 She
1: said we get to see a quote unquote feminine side. Um, And that may be uh, to her character that we hadn't seen before. And that may be an exploration of Brienne's sexuality. I mean, when she says she has more to do, it may be as simple as that. She is present throughout and survives the whole season, maybe has a role in guiding the future, and bangs either Jamie or uh, Tormund, and I lean more likely towards Tormund because they've been building that up a lot.
0: Okay, but what about this theory? So this interview was forever ago, but Nikolai koster Waldo. He said in an interview that some of our favorite characters are going to end up as White Walkers. So, what if Brienne has to kill one of our favorite characters who's now a White Walker? Potentially, she kills Jamie.
2: Or Podrick, who she's Or
0: missing. Podrick, oh my god, I didn't even think about that. That would be so sad.
2: Podrick is uh, one of those characters who I can't wait to see what uh, you know sword fighting skills Brienne has taught oh, him.
0: Yeah, him and Gendry. I can't wait to see more Gendry.
2: Hmm. Um. I don't want to get too sidetracked here because we just mentioned uh, Podrick and Gendry. I'll just uh, together, together. I'll put the, I'll lump them together here because I actually do believe that if Podrick or Gendry survives. Um, A part of me, a part of me thinks that you could do something where it's like Podrick ends up with Sansa and Gendry ends up with Arya in the epilogue.
1: No, man, I, I think I think Podrick's a goner. I think he's one of those guys who served his purpose for the narrative. And the reason he's still around is to uh, give us someone that we're like,
0: oh, when they die. Yeah. yeah. That yeah.
1: Really That's
0: how I feel about Gendry. Sir Davos and Gendry both. And Podrick. I don't think any of them are going to make it.
1: I think Davos has survived enough. I think he might s- stick it out to the bitter end. He just seems to keep living through everything. Wouldn't it be
2: amazing if after all of this talk, I'm warning you, I'm not much of a fighter, wouldn't it be amazing if Davos is like this badass baller fighter with one uh, hand?
1: I think there's a decent chance that happens. That's I think that's going to be like one of those Yoda pulls out a lightsaber <laughs> gag. Like,
2: oh. I kind of want to see a scene where Davos remarks how he doesn't have the finger so he can't fight with one hand. And, and Jamie's just like, Psh, bitch, <laughs> <laughs> look at me. I can do it just fine. <laughs> um. Yeah, Gendry and uh, Podrick, I, you know what, Will, I'll, I'll I'll go with that with you. I actually like, uh, yeah, I like the idea that Podrick would save Brienne at one point and then maybe get stabbed from behind after yeah, having, sure. like, a moment of, like, smiling over the fact that he just saved her or something. I don't know. Yeah. Something really tragic.
0: Ugh.
2: And then Gendry, honestly, Gendry definitely, for me, I think is surviving, and he's going to end up with either Arya oh, or yeah. Sansa. It's one of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You'd be, you wouldn't be, uh, what did you say? You wouldn't
2: be, uh, you wouldn't be, um, my uh, my family, you'd be my lady. Yeah. And I say this also because remember back in season one, Robert says to Ned, I have a son, you have a daughter, we'll join our houses. It's just (laughs) he's got the wrong son and Mm. maybe he's got the wrong daughter in mind too. So maybe it's very possible that it still comes to fruition for Bobby B. Um, moving on from those two characters can we go back to Jamie for a second i i got to talk about Jamie this is like the toughest thing that's a character who it can go so many ways yeah so so many ways i mean i've heard theories that Jamie is Azora high i've heard theories that Jamie's the one that's going to be you know is going to kill Cersei i've heard that Jamie would fall at winterfell I've heard that Jamie makes it all the way to the end and he ends up with Brienne. Like I've heard it all and I don't know what makes the most sense other than I think this is definitely going to happen. I think there is definitely going to be a callback to the Kingsguard book from season four where Jamie's pages are blank for all of his good deeds. And I do believe that there will be something written about Jamie in that book when all is said and
0: done. Ooh, yeah, that
1: would be a nice moment. And I think he'll get a noble sacrifice. Um, I I know a lot of people have theorized that the way the your little brother is going to kill you prophecy for Cersei comes true is that Jaime dies sometime prior to the ultimate Cersei showdown. And then Arya kills her wearing Jaime's face. And that to me seems fairly
2: believable. I like it a lot. Uh, The only thing I'm a little, I, I question this aspect does height play a role in wearing the face? No, because what
1: well, I mean, she, I mean, no, because I think that's one of those kind of things you're supposed to just roll with it. Because I mean, she was Walter Frey, and David Bradley is a good, I don't know, like five ten, five eleven, you know. And she's
2: yeah, she okay, said, all right, that's sit. that's fine, that's fair. Okay, all right, yeah, I, uh, you know what? To be fair, in terms of Cersei meeting her demise, I've always liked this idea. Uh, I've always liked the idea that we, but, but, but then what do you do? Okay. So let me ask you this question then because the minute we see Jamie with Cersei in a scene, then we already know it's Arya. Don't you think they would want it to be like a big reveal? Kind of like the first time she, you know, when she killed Walder Frey and we were like, Holy shit, it's Arya. Don't you think that they're going to want to pull that for that moment as well? And so maybe the fate of Jamie from the battle of Winterfell actually remains unknown.
1: Yeah, I could see him. um, I could definitely see it being kind of like serial Pharrell. Where he, uh, you know, maybe people are fleeing and he's like, oh, I'll stay behind and hold them off. And you just see him charge and then, it, uh, you know, off at a group of. Or,
2: um, oh, that reminds me of uh, also Watchers on the Wall when John goes down to the gate and, he, and we get the reveal that Gren didn't actually survive. Yeah, either uh, of those.
1: And then, you know, Jamie could walk in to see Cersei, you know, bloodied and the audience for a moment is like, holy shit, He, how did he get out of that? And they're trying to think through it. So we, yeah. I mean, that works perfectly. And she's like, "Oh my God, you're alive!" He's like, "Yes, you know." And then
2: <laughs> I love it. I, I, you know what? I, I would be such a huge fan of this if this were to happen. If they do misdirection that well, oh, because it all because it only has to happen in episode five.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could think he's dead, and then just and he is dead, and then have this, you know, and the one-two twist punch.
2: Yeah, I, I would love that. Uh, another. Mm-hmm theory that's been floating around, though, uh, just in terms of demises, is Cersei, right? Okay. And there's so many different ways this one can go as well. For example, uh, the Jaime theory, the Arya theory, the she-kills-herself theory uh, by, by burning the Red Keep down using wildfire, so she basically causes her own destruction, which I don't think is, is satisfying really necessarily, but that is that character going out on our own terms. Uh, one thing is for sure, though, and well, maybe it's not for sure, but something I could foresee happening is I could foresee a scenario where she thinks that she has the power of the Golden Company and of Euron and the Greyjoy fleet, and this whole storyline for Cersei in the final season could be the fact that she is more alone than she has ever been before. Now that she doesn't have Jaime by her side. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, I don't know what Cersei's going to do for large chunks of the season with so many main characters not present with her in the King's Landing scenes.
1: I mean, she probably won't be around much other than... I, I suspect we'll just pop in on her once or twice in episodes one or two, but I doubt she's around much until the second half of the season, like, cause yeah. all the action is at Winterfell.
2: Exactly. So uh, continuing this idea then that Cersei is more alone than she's ever been before. What if her supposed quote unquote allies turn on her?
1: It's possible.
2: hmm. I mean, you, you're on slimy and
0: she had it coming.
2: <laughs> I like, yeah, I, I, that's one idea. And then another uh, idea that's been floated around before is, it's very possible that maybe the White Walkers, if they do make their way to King's Landing, maybe the Night King just kills Cersei. <laughs> it's know? possible, but I, think yeah. I feel like a cop-out. I think there's so it many It has
0: people, to be someone who's been hurt by her.
2: Which is like everyone except the Night King.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> what about Sansa?
0: Uh, Sansa could
2: absolutely do it. That would definitely be interesting uh, and definitely tie their arcs from the first couple of seasons together.
0: Maybe, but I don't... I don't foresee Sansa leaving Winterfell unless, like you said in episode three, they have to, absolutely. Otherwise, I don't foresee her leaving for anything.
2: All right, so uh, in terms of Cersei's pregnancy, uh, we see her sipping wine in the trailer. And once again, it's like while all this shit is happening at Winterfell and everybody's fighting, she's all alone in silence with nothing but herself and her wine, pretty much. Do we think that she miscarries do we think the pregnancy was a lie what are we leaning towards here do we think that she's drinking while pregnant (laughs) which is something she she would totally do yeah
0: i mean it's the that's not a big deal and they're in the middle ages but i do think she miscarries i've also heard a theory that the baby is Euron's and not jamie's
2: a finger in the bum (laughs) (laughs) not now we'll talk later (laughs) <laughs> it's like one of like my biggest laugh out loud moment in game of Thrones um okay will what are you leaning towards there you got me uh, yeah it's tough right all right and then the other thing too I also want to talk about just based from this trailer uh we do see Rhaegal and drogon being approached by John and Danny amongst what looks to be just He's gonna
1: ride a dragon yeah oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to ride Rhaegal for sure. I, I actually think that him riding Rhaegal will be Jon's kind of acceptance that he's a Targaryen. And yeah. I think him riding Rhaegal will be symbolic of that, you know, that he and so I I actually think that that will happen in episode two.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think he'll he'll have definitely ridden him in time for the battle. And I think they'll both be like arcing through the skies and burning lights
2: so uh in that instance then in the trailer when we see the uh CGI shots of the dragons uh flying over the North over Winterfell, do we believe that John and Danny have been CGI'd out of those shots? Yeah.
0: Do you think they would do that?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Ah. When when I when I look at those shots of them uh flying together, does anyone else get like avatar vibes? A little, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh I didn't, but now <laughs> What about the theory about about like the three about? Because um, I know there used to be a theory that that Tyrion would be the third dragon rider, but then no, there's not Thirion. a third dragon. I well, know, but <laughs> what about Bran warging into Thyserion? That's
2: possible, very possible. I would be very curious to know what Bran's ability. I, I suspect we are definitely going to get the full scope of what Bran can do in this final season. I mean. Bran is very much like a computer. He can't really access the information on his own. He needs someone with the mouse to pretty much tell him what to do, you know? that Like when uh, Sam tells uh, – when Sam tells him about John's uh, parentage and Bran's just like, no, Danish bastards are named Sand. And Sam is like, no, listen to me. Just go into your memory vault and pull out this piece here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> – I, I actually like. I actually kind of like that now. That here's the guy that knows everything, but his limitation is you can't possibly think of everything. You need someone to tell you where to go to look up the information. You know what I mean? I I, I like that a lot because it kind of gets you out of the loophole that Bran is all powerful and omnipotent and he could do pretty much anything. Right. So, I do believe that Bran will be the key to defeating the White Walkers. The problem is. Um, how will he receive that information? Why does he not receive it in time for the Battle of Winterfell? And what could possibly lead him to get it later on in the season? If indeed yep. the White Walker threat is not dealt with in episode three. I mean, Will, do you see a scenario where they do get defeated at the Battle of Winterfell? The White Yeah.
1: No, but also Bran doesn't necessarily need a reason. I mean, he was just like, he knew about Littlefinger, you know, the all of season seven, and only decided to let Sansa and Arya know in the final episode because plot reasons. So, I mean, like, <laughs> he he may have the information and just like decide to drop it at a epic moment because. I
0: mean, Spence. I don't. I don't think that he told them at the end of the season. I think that that was all, I think he told them really early on. I'm pretty sure like those.
1: They confirmed that. Really? Yeah, that all that conflict between Arya and Sansa was Was real. real? Was real? Only right before.
2: There's a scene that supposedly was edited out of the finale where Bran tells him, but the kind of, you know, the suspense and the big surprise reveal, they took it out, which was the right move. That scene plays that scene plays very Beautifully. well. Beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going down, just going down the list to round things out here since we're almost done touching on like every single character. So you might as well just finish it up here. Misende and Grey Worm, do they make it?
1: Um, No.
2: I think oh. probably Grey Worm dies.
0: Yep. I'd agree
2: I'm that. actually of the belief Misende dies.
0: Mm, that would be so sad either way. Mm-hmm. But I think Grey Worm is going to die. They did make a really big deal about that passionate kiss, so nothing good is going to happen with those That was a goodbye
1: kiss if I've ever seen
0: one. I agree.
2: I just think the show is going to make us believe that Grey Worm is going to die the same way that they led us to believe Torment would die at um, the Battle Beyond the Wall. And I think it's misdirection. And I think they're going to like, I'm trying to predict the surprises, right? And I, Well,
1: they they could definitely do what you were just describing happening with Pod. I could see that happening even more like, oh, God, Grey Worm's going to die. Holy shit, he made it. And then he comes back and they smile at each other like, oh, my God, he's alive. And then someone stabs her from behind. Yeah. I could definitely uh, see
2: that. Uh, Robin Aaron and Jan Royce.
1: <laughs> dead. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Hammond Potter. Uh. Yeah.
2: Lyanna Mormont.
1: No, I think she's a fan favorite. They're going to let her live.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, they have killed children before.
1: No, but she, mm, I think they also know they'll get major flack online if they do that. Like, for a variety of reasons, I, I think she's sticking around.
2: The 999th Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, Ed. Ed. He's dead. I like he's him. Dead. He's dead. Yeah. My question is: Do we get a one thousandth Lord Commander, or does it just end?
0: What's the point? Of the well, world? why would we? The White Walkers the... are done. Exactly. I don't think we would have it anymore. The Nights Watch. What would it be there for? Yeah,
2: it's a good point. Uh, Barric Dondarrion dead. Does he give his life willingly to bring somebody else back?
0: Maybe. That could that's have. a good. That's a good question.
2: Because one thing I've kind of liked is I've liked this connection between him and John and the fact that they've both died and they've both been brought back by the Lord of Light. I do wonder if there would be some sort of a way to connect that together in the I final season. I
1: think stupid to bring John back to life twice. I think if he brings anyone back, it'll be the Hound.
2: Yeah, or the Hound brings him back, as I was saying before. It could go either way. But either way, I think there will be a resurrection element in the eighth season. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah.
2: So... Okay, who else we got? Kyburn.
1: Kyburn dies. Everyone
0: in Cersei's yeah. camp dies. Ugh, Kyburn. Goodbye. I mean, hell,
1: honestly, Cersei might kill him herself as she goes increasingly <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I can see that.
0: kind of his bullshit. Why do you keep looking at dead hands?
1: <laughs> or he tells her that they're, you know, they're they're doomed, and she doesn't want to hear it, you know, and it's kind of like Darth Vader killing a henchman. Like, <laughs> we need to surrender. Stabs him or poisons him.
2: Uh. I, I know this is going to happen, but I'll ask it anyway. Jorah.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he's going to die he's in dead. his last word. Khaleesi.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like how, like, Egret got the final, you don't know nothing, Jon Stone and died. Like, it, it has to, Jorah's final word has to be Khaleesi. Yes. Khaleesi. <laughs> kind of like when Daoden died and he was like, Eowyn. <laughs> And it, it, that's like, Jor, that's going to be Jorah. Jorah's going to be like laying down. He's going to be like, Khaleesi, no.
0: <laughs> that was the creepiest whisper. It was so fast. It, <laughs> it
2: Oh man. But yeah, I think Jorah has to die in Daenerys's arms. Yeah, for sure. You know, there is a shot in the, uh, recent 32nd TV spot of Daenerys with her back to John, looking at the fire brooding, like, I I wonder if that's you know I mean I've obviously I think it is post Battle of Winterfell and I do wonder if she's mourning the death of her you know mm-hmm. her 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 friend <laughs> quote unquote friend. Uh, friend <laughs> yes. Uh. Uh, okay, so Jorah's definitely a goner. He'll die in the arms of Daenerys. And he, maybe and oh Edmure. Um, you know, I have to say I think Edmure is one of those things where, if they wanted to show the. The Night King and his army getting closer to Winterfell and to the north. Um, or, I'm sorry, or marching beyond it because the Winterfell in the north is first. Um, you know, I could see, like, the Night King and his army making pit stops before they get to King's Landing. And maybe they end up in River Run and they kill uh, Edmure and they kill, you know what I'm saying? Like, there could be, like, yeah. a montage almost of characters that the story forgot about, like Mira, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, she, I mean, like, but we've seen in the cast
1: list, I think she pretty much confirmed she's not coming back. But Tobias Menzies was listed as being in, in at least a episode, so.
2: Well, that's a character that, quite honestly, I don't know what they could possibly do with him, and I don't know if I care.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, he was never particularly
2: likable to start with. Right. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> there's a reason I saved this one for last The Mountain. Oh, yeah, I mean. Glade Bowl! Yes. Clagane Ball. You've always known what's coming for you. Clagane Ball. So, Clagane Ball is definitely 100% confirmed because mm-hmm. of that dialogue exchange in season seven, episode seven. And I got more hype than I ever have in my entire life. Wow. Uh, that's something that happens in episode five, probably. Yeah, for sure. They find each other on the battlefield. Yeah. So the question then becomes this. Does I, I I've always liked this theory. I like this idea that the hound and the mountain come to blows, they fight, it's awesome. We don't know exactly who's gonna win. And the mountain actually defeats the hound. Doesn't kill him, but he's about to strike the final blow with the hound like on the ground on his back. And who saves the hound? The uh, Arya. Arya. Exactly, because wouldn't it be amazing if the tiniest fighter in the show defeats the biggest fighter in the show, and it also somehow completes both of their character arcs of their journey together from the earliest seasons? That's awesome.
0: I would love that. That would be great. And she won't
1: have armor, and she won't have a big
2: sword.
0: (laughs) Yes!
1: Armor and a big fucking sword. Love
2: it. That's great, Will. I love that. Now, my only question, though, is this. Do we think that if Arya kills the mountain, she could be the one that kills Kyburn? actually. Okay,
0: Arya can't kill everybody. That's what I'm y'all. getting
2: at. Yeah, like, are we giving Arya too much if we give her Cersei and the mountain?
0: Yeah, it's possible. Those are some big plays. I think if so, I, mean, I think the, that if Arya
1: to kill uh, the Hound, yeah. might just get killed. Mountain, like yeah. he's earned it, man. He burned his face off.
2: Yeah. So do we think uh, that's one last thing I want to ask about the Hound? Actually, uh, we definitely think the Hound will overcome his fear of fire, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. He already kind of did last season.
2: I don't know because we see that shot of him in the trailer where there is fire, and I mean it's a short shot, right? There's you know, but he's not. Ferocious. He looks scared still, and the one shot that he has in the trailer with him surrounded by the fire still. You know. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough to say. I do. I definitely think that his fear of fire will result in the death of another character once again. Though at Winterfell. Oh. And maybe perhaps if wildfire does play a role in the Battle of King's Landing, perhaps maybe that's where he overcomes it and he defeats his brother by doing so.
1: Hmm.
2: <laughs> okay. Final scene. Of season eight, Sam writing the song of ice and fire
1: just like Lord of the Rings ended with Lord of the Rings being written. One hundred percent.
2: I am a hundred percent in agreement with you, Will. I like this idea of him closing the book. He gets up from wherever it is that he's writing it, and he he walks away off screen, and we see like out of a window. Uh, the sun rising and there's like green grass and beautiful like nature and the the title the finale uh, listen we don't know the titles yet but if the episode were called a dream of spring like wouldn't that be like just a perfect shot to end on this idea of a hopeful bright beautiful world now lies ahead of uh you know our characters you know what i mean Mm
0: -hmm.
2: but but look what we sacrificed and look what we lost to get there yep so I'm with you, Will. I think that's 100% going to be the final uh, shot of the season. If it ends with, like, Daenerys on the throne with the dragons, I will actually be mad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah, that's not going to happen, even uh, though I do uh, think...
2: They, they lo- they're, they like, jerking off to Daenerys,
1: the showrunners. They could definitely do that. They've done it so uh,
0: many
2: times. They've yeah,
0: ended they so love... many
2: episodes with those dragons and her just, like, having these moments of triumph. I'm, I'm ready... I'm ready for that bittersweet ending, and I, I want to know what that yeah, means. No, sure. I'm nervous,
1: man, that they're gonna that they're gonna cop out and give us a semi happy ending. I'm really nervous, man. I'm gonna be pissed if John and Danny are alive and happy together, but I-, I can really see it.
0: No, I can't, and I can't see the dragons alive, but I can see Danny on the throne, and I can see Sansa still at Winterfell if she does live as like Lady of Winterfell. But Arya is dead. And that's
2: all I have to say. I I still think John's going to give his life to... I I think he's going to willingly give his life. I agree. Because I think John's whole arc, since he was killed and brought back from the dead, is that he knows what's on the other side. He knows there's nothing there. Isn't, like, the most heroic thing that, that one could possibly do is that you know that if you die, there's nothing. There's no salvation. There's nothing. And you do it anyway. Because if you don't, everyone else you know is going to die.
0: Yeah, John. I love him. I love him and Danny. I love I love their arc so much. But John is not making it out of here. If I have to choose between Danny and John, John's a Donner.
2: I mean, this show perfectly writes its ending with the child of John and Danny yep. being the song of ice and fire and leading the world into a hopeful future. Mm-hmm. That's the dream of spring.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
2: Oh. All right, everyone. Watch us all be wrong. <laughs> Watch the whole thing end with the Night King and the Army of the Dead just winning. <laughs> could you ima- No, could you all imagine, though, if the real ending... Uh, how many of you actually think they have the balls to pull off that ending? No, certainly not. Would you respect the show if they did, though? If it felt
0: earned. I want to know, know what everyone who's listening is thinking is like is going how the show is going to end
2: well i actually want to hear comments from everyone so for this show in particular this was an extended long uh preview of the final season of game of thrones not all of our reviews will be though Uh, our reviews are going to be patreon exclusive episodes and in order to hear the full length review of these episodes these six epic episodes we have coming up Uh, you will have to subscribe to our patreon in order to get the full breakdown of these as it is this will be the only one that we will release in its entirety so if you like the conversation that we've had so far and you want to hear more for season eight of game of thrones definitely give us a subscribe on our patreon for that and let us know in the comments what you think do are we wrong do you have similar theories what do you think is going to happen definitely let us know With that said, it's only a few days away, and then after that, it's all over until the prequel series, which I don't think is coming out next year. It might be coming out the year after that, though. So, something else to look forward to, as always. But for all intents and purposes, this for me is like, this for me is the event of 2019. Like, there is, I'm excited for Martin Scorsese's The Irishman and a couple of other things coming out, Avengers Endgame, but this is like, this is beyond for for me (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like this is it like nothing i feel like in 2019 from a storytelling standpoint is going to match the level of anticipation and hype that i have for this final season of game of thrones could
0: you imagine if they released only one episode a month don't don't
2: do this to me (laughs) i don't even want i don't want to even think about that (laughs) Uh, So we'll have a couple of our members from the Next Best Picture team joining us here on Next Best Series for those episodes. But tonight we heard from myself, J.C., and Will Mavity. So, J.C., tell everyone where they can find you on the Internet.
0: You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at J.C. Aldrich.
2: And Will Mavity. You can find me on Twitter at Movies. And you could find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this Next Best Series episode for our preview of Season 8 of Game of Thrones on HBO. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. If you like the content that you are hearing here, rate us, leave us a comment, head on over to the Patreon, as I said before, subscribe, You we'll get the breakdown of the six episodes of Game of Thrones in their entirety when they drop in a few days' time. Thank you so much for listening. As always, send a raven, everyone. We will see you all next time. I cannot give you back your homes or restore your dead to life. But
1: perhaps I can give you justice in the name of our King.